Hi, this is Jennifer. I've been a contract corporate flight attendant for over five years. In this podcast, I'm giving you the brutal, honest truth of what it's like to be a corporate flight attendant. If you want all my exclusive info in an entertaining, readable form, I have a book available. Just look in the show notes of how to buy it. If you like this podcast, please give me five stars, write a review, and subscribe. Let's get started. Last week's episode, I ended with a cliffhanger. If you remember the cliffhanger, I was really excited because I was about to get out of my waitressing job, which I absolutely hated, and gather information about being a corporate flight attendant. My friend had set up an informational interview for me with a top-notch corporate flight attendant. On the day of the interview, I got in my car It was a 45-minute drive up to where we were going to meet. We agreed to meet at a restaurant near her house, 45 minutes, obviously not a big deal. So I'm driving, and I'm two minutes from the restaurant, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this driver just comes out of a driveway, doesn't stop, and I end up T-boning them, and I total my car. (laughs) The airbag deploys in my face. And because of the actual impact in the airbag, I have serious injuries. Somehow in the shock of this, I'm able to call my friend who arranged the informational interview and tell him what happened. Now, keep in mind, this top-notch flight attendant, I've never met her. I've never texted with her. I've never emailed with her. Everything was done through this friend. She was nice enough once she heard to come to the scene of the accident and drive me to the best emergency room in the area. So awkward. (laughs) You know, we're in the emergency room and I'm waiting to get tests done, waiting to see a doctor. I'm in so much pain. I can barely lift my head. And I look at her and I say to her, tell me about being a corporate flight attendant. And she says to me, um, is this the best time? I mean, obviously we're sitting in an emergency room. You're really injured. And she was super sweet. She was trying to help me and, and arrange my pillow and do stuff like that. She's a very nice person. And I said, listen, this, you dedicated your time. You know, this was going to be an hour of your day. So why don't we do it while we're waiting? And she said, okay. So for the next hour, she told me about being a corporate flight attendant And I pushed through the pain and I listened and I would say I got 75% of the information. Fast forward months later, she hires me onto her account as a contractor, as a contract flight attendant. The reason she said she did it and took a chance on someone newer is because in that emergency room that day, she said, I felt you could handle anything. So that was a good example of turning a negative experience into a positive. And that decision to push through the pain and try to make it positive really has benefited me to this day. I'm going to go a second off topic and give you a really good life tip. 
The reason I was able to transition financially from the waitressing job to being a corporate flight attendant and doing the training and having the money for the training is because I collected lost wages. On your car insurance coverage, you can buy something called lost wages. You pay, I I just looked it up for you guys, you pay $5.60 in my area, and I live in an expensive area, every month for this. And this covers you, God forbid, you get in an accident like me, and you're a contractor, and you're a freelancer, and your job's not going to pay, the car insurance company will pay. I am telling you right now, best $5.60 I've ever spent in my entire life because that gave me months of lost wages where I could transition to being a flight attendant. So definitely take a look at your car insurance and see if you have it. And if you don't have it, add it. In today's episode, we are looking at what kind of trips to expect. So when you're a corporate flight attendant, everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, it's always like a Caribbean vacation. Well, I hate to spell the mess, kids, but it's not (laughs) always a Caribbean vacation. So I'm going to break down the trips into okay trips, good trips, and great trips. And I will never say anything is a bad trip because at the end of the day, we're getting paid, right? We're getting paid a good wage. And unless something horrendous happens, it's pretty much always an okay to great trip. The first example is the okay trip. These are trips where the principal, meaning the lead passenger, just likes to go somewhere for a business meeting. And then you wait for them for two to three hours, and then they get right back on the plane. I used to fly a principal that would go to Milwaukee two times a week, and all they would do is just get off the plane, go to the meeting, come back on. And we would wait in the FBO. FBO is a fancy name for the small private airport. We would wait in the FBO for two to three hours for this person, usually around two hours. It's me and the pilots waiting. And really all you have to do in that two or three hours is, you know, sleep, eat, read a book, go on your computer, you know, watch a movie on an iPad. That's it. That's all you have time for. The pilots don't want to be bothered with, hey, let's find a restaurant. and Hey, let's tour around. You don't have time for that. Also, because usually when you start up a plane again, you start up an hour before. So you only have a small amount of time. And if the passenger arrives early, you don't want to be there with your pants down. You know, you want to make sure you're ready and on the plane and it's been fired up. And that's also what the passenger expects. Then there's another type of travel, very similar, except they do many destinations in one day. Here's a sample of a trip. He would go from New York to Puerto Rico. And I know what you're thinking, Puerto Rico, oh, like it's awesome. Well, (laughs) he would only be on the ground in Puerto Rico for, again, two to three hours doing that business meeting or whatever he was doing. We would be in the FBO and in Puerto Rico, in San Juan, the traffic sucks. So the pilots do not want to waste their time trying to find a restaurant and go into town. We would only go into town if we were there for a day or obviously a day and a night. But if it was a two to three hour thing, we would just stay in the FBO. Then he gets back on the plane and he goes to Nicaragua. So now we're in Nicaragua and it's even less fun in Nicaragua because the FBO in Nicaragua is nothing. It's like a podunk 
FBO. There's, there's nothing. There's no services. There's no internet. There's nothing. So you have to stay on the plane for those two to three hours on the tarmac and they shut down the plane because they don't want to waste the fuel and the energy. So you're there on a dark plane or you do what I do. You, you know, at least get some sunshine. You take a walk around the tarmac, you get some sunshine and all you see is the FBO and some security guard just pacing back and forth with a big gun. Another reason we didn't go into the FBO is because if we had entered into the country, we would have had to do security and the whole nine yards to come back and the pilots didn't want to do it. And understandably so. I I get that. So sometimes that happens. Next stop is Dallas, Texas. By the time you're in Dallas, it's really late. You're exhausted. All you want to do is go to bed. So we just grab a quick dinner and then we go to bed and that's it. And then you wake up and you do this whole thing the next day. So that's an example of an okay trip. You're getting paid well. And as a newbie, I'm going to remind you, you have to say yes to everything. So it doesn't matter if if you look at this trip sheet and you're like, this sucks, guess what? You have to say yes to it. Now let's move on to the good trips. The good trips are the ones you hear like, you know, 14 days in Africa and a week in Europe, and you do get those trips. These trips are a lot of work because you are working constantly. You know, you're ordering catering on the plane, you're moving constantly, you're setting up bedding. You you have to make sure the catering is on point from that country. And it's, it's a lot of work. And that's why these trips to me are not great trips or just good trips. Also, you have to look at the itinerary, you know, Africa sounds awesome until you look and see that this person is only on the ground for 12 hours. And then you have to move on to the next country. And it's not fun because you don't see anything. You're absolutely exhausted. All you want to do is sleep. So you sleep, you eat, and then you get up and you go again. I turned down a trip to Africa for two weeks because of that. I, I, to me, it just wasn't worth it. Even the money, it was around Christmas time and it just wasn't worth it to me. But keep in mind, I've been in the business for a while, so I can turn down trips, whereas you cannot. <laughs> I looked at the itinerary and, you know, again, every 12 hours, he wanted to go to a new country in Africa. I believe at the end, they spent a long weekend in Madagascar and they went on safari and had a really good time. And if you're willing to suck it up for, two weeks and then finally get a weekend in Madagascar. Why not? You know, why not? The great trips to me are the rich people places. And those are Palm Beach, Florida, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Aspen, Colorado, and Los Angeles, California. For me, they're great because you know they're great places to go. They're going to have great restaurants. They're going to have shopping. They're going to have fun things to do. You're not going to have a problem finding catering. So that's why I really enjoy these trips. And they usually only last four to five days. So you're not away from home for a while. My favorite trip is Los Angeles, believe it or not, because there is nothing better than Los Angeles in the winter. I mean, I live in New York. It's cold. It's freezing. I get a nice long weekend in Los Angeles. It's awesome. There's no humidity. I absolutely hate humidity. And it's 65, 70 degrees. You know, we stay a lot of times at the Manhattan Beach Marriott. There's a 35-minute walk from the Manhattan Beach Marriott to the center of Manhattan Beach. Great food, great shopping. A little tip here, ladies, especially if you are a petite lady like myself, they have great petite shopping there. 
And then I walk on the beach. I do a really long walk on the beach and on the pier and the whole thing. And the best part too is I know there's great food, so I get great catering there. So to me, it's a very low stress trip and that's what I like. And that to me is a great trip. You also have great trips where you go down to, for example, Anguilla. Anguilla is like a rich people island. So you go down to Anguilla for seven days And that's a nice trip too, because yeah, you do have a lot of work in the front end because you're also doing the work for the back end of the trip. But you know, you have that flight, you go down however many hours and you sit on a beach in a resort for six days. It's pretty awesome. You know, you pick a couple activities to do that don't break the bank, pick a spa activity, you know, maybe a boating activity. And by the way, you have to pay for these activities. The passengers do not pay for you. So anything extra is on you, but you know, you're staying in a resort that's free and some of the activities are free and the yoga is sometimes free and you know what I mean? So that's really nice. And obviously your meals are all expensed. So those to me are the great trips. Now I'm going to give you three caveats about trips. Number one, if it's too good to be true, I guarantee you most of the time, especially with charter and charter companies mean renting out the plane, people rent out the plane with charter companies, the trips often change. So I had a trip to Hawaii. It was supposed to be 13 days. I was super psyched. Then the passengers realized how expensive that was to keep a crew and the whole thing down in Hawaii. So we went down to Hawaii. We dropped them off. So we had a day and a night in Hawaii. And then we went back. And then at the end of the trip, we flew down to Hawaii stayed for like a day, a night, and then we flew back with them. And, you know, that happens a lot, especially in charter. And also in charter, the sucky part is if it changes, they will not pay you for the original trip. They will not pay you for all those 13 days. They will only pay you for those four days. Also, I had a trip that was not charter. It was um, through a corporation. And we were supposed to have six days in Sonoma and seven days in LA. So 13 days total. And everyone was psyched about the trip. The pilots, I was, everyone was so into the trip. Guess what happens? The day before, one of the other planes breaks down. So they now need that plane for those entire 13 days. So what ends up happening? It turns into a drop off, a one day trip. Now, in that case, I did get half pay for all those 13 days, which was to me very fair. But I was... Uh, We were all like so unhappy. We were so looking forward to that. So we went from Philadelphia to Sonoma County, dropped them off and turned right around. It sucked. I, I remember that. And that happens. That happens. Also, you will never find the perfect account. You know, if, if you're like, my whole thing of going into this business is I want to go to Patagonia and then I want to go to... Africa, and then I need to go to China, and that you can do it. I'm not saying you can't do it, but you have to take one thing over the other. So, for example, for me, it's nice passengers, nice principal, nice crew. And that's why I fly with that principal who goes from place to place for business in one day because I like him and I also like the crew. 
So if travel's your thing, then okay, then that's the most important thing for you. But you will never find the perfect account because there's too many moving parts. There's you, there's the crew, there's the principal, there's the principal's family, there's catering, there's the plane, there's the management company. So as long as you pick two or three things that are your absolute ideals, then I think you're doing the right account. But again, I'm going to keep saying it through this podcast, you're a newbie, so you have no choice. You have to do everything. My last caveat is sometimes you'll meet an older flight attendant who will talk to you about the glory days of flying. And these were before the Great Recession of 2007. You know, you hear all these stories of, oh man, we went to, you know, Rome for five days and then the next five days we're in Paris and then, and then the next five days we did a long weekend and, and the passenger took his family to London and made it a whole shopping trip. Let me tell you something, kids, that doesn't happen anymore. And here's why. After the recession, these people have tightened their belts like no other. And I can only imagine after COVID. So don't expect any of that. For example, a London trip. My London trips, and this is pretty much everyone I fly with, all they want to do is fly into London. They want to leave New York that morning. They get to London with the time change at night. They sleep. They go to the hotel. They sleep. They wake up. They do the business meeting or whatever they have to do. And then they're on the plane again by noon. And that's it. And that's what I see 100% of the time. They want in and out of London and places like that. Because of travel dangers as well, you'd be surprised, you know, you have a private jet sitting on the tarmac for days. People can think of it as a sitting duck. So they kind of want to get in and not be noticed and get out. So to summarize, we have okay, good, and great trips. Be ready for anything and accept everything. If you like this podcast, you'll love my book entitled Corporate Flight Attendant, A Brutally Honest Guide to Your Dream Job. Just check out the show notes to learn how to buy the book. It's only $15 and a super quick, entertaining read. You can find me at my other podcast, Two Enlightened Bitches, where my co-host Michelle and I discuss everyday metaphysical topics with a sense of humor. You know you're in the right place when you see an image of a red wine glass. Thank you so much and happy flying.